Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another bite-sized political podcast. And uh, here's a question for you to start uh, to start this one: How come they are always known to intelligence services? I'm talking about obviously um, whenever we have horrible events, such as, for example, the Manchester uh, Arena bombing. And I'm just looking at this at the moment, uh, where you had all those uh, young kids uh, murdered brutally by uh, a jihadi. And I just read that a Muslim preacher who was close to the Manchester bomber had been suspected by MI5 of being a radicalizer himself more than a year, a decade earlier. They'd known about him for 10 years. Uh, a public inquiry into the atrocity that's come, coming out later this week will report on how Salman Abidi was radicalized and whether security services missed chances to stop him. Well, let me stop it just there. You know, they are always known to the uh, security services. It, it has gone way beyond the point of, uh, of you know, coincidence that these uh, terrorists, these jihadi, who, and indeed it may extend beyond jihadi actually, but anyway, they, these ones in particular, um, uh, the police have known about them, the intelligence services have known about them, they've been tracking them, and then um, they, they seem to be able, with a degree of impunity, to be able to kill. And I've got questions about that because I'm just wondering how that can actually be. And if you're saying, oh, well, it's simple, David, you see, they can't track everybody. So and they can't track them all the time. Well, I'm not sure about that. If they want to, as we've seen with technology, they can really keep a very tight eye on what people are up to. But it seems that some of these individuals at any rate seem to be able to um, avoid the scrutiny when it comes to the moment of detonation the moment of terror. And I find that very, very strange and somewhat disturbing. You know, a cynic might say, well, are these assets, in fact, that we're talking about these terrorists, the likes of this uh, Muslim preacher, for example, or indeed Salman Abidi himself, are these assets that are, whenever it is convenient, uh, these assets are um, actually, you know, uh, released and, uh, and and allowed them to go and carry out their final mission. I don't know. I simply have no idea if that's the case or, or not. What I do know is that there's been too many suicide bombings in the United Kingdom where we discover very shortly after the event that the bomber was known to the intelligence services, which means that they will have been tracked by the intelligence services. Now, given how incompetent the police is, it is, of course, equally plausible. Well, all this shows you is that um, just because they know about somebody doesn't mean they've got the wherewithal to be able to keep an eye on them 24-7. And all it takes is an hour or two or whatever of not being monitored or a day or two of not being monitored. And these uh, people can carry out their atrocious acts. I mean, that that's another theory that it's down to incompetence. Uh, and I, I suspect that we will never find the truth about this because by definition, the intelligence services don't want the information to get out there. So you can be certain that when this report comes out later in the week, it's gonna be, um, it's, it's gonna be sanitized to ensure that there will be some of the usual, well, lessons have been learned. Yes, we won't make that mistake again. They've been trotting that out from for, for, since forever. 
And unfortunately, the majority of the public go with that and they think, oh, well, next time around, they'll definitely super duper get the person before they detonate their rucksack or their bomb or whatever it is that they've got. You know, but I think I think that is um, that's delusionalism, because to accept that means that all of a sudden something's going to be different. No, it won't. It'll be the same. That's the one thing you can be pretty accurate. What happened yesterday is a great guide to the thing that might happen tomorrow. But when you look at as I, say, as I am, I'm looking here at an image of all those who were killed at the Manchester uh, Arena attack. And, uh, you know, the worst ones are the really, the, well, they're all bad. But when I look at the very, very young kids, Safi Rose Roussos, for example, I'm looking at her image. And what can I say? It breaks my heart to see this. But every, every one of those lives, of course, it's heartbreaking that those people were, were targeted and, um, you know, and, and lost their lives to the hands of this jihadi in the Manchester arena. It was undoubtedly one of the worst terrorist attacks in the United Kingdom. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I, I vividly remember getting the news and it was horrifying then. And it still horrifies me. You know, we have to remember behind every photograph that we see on a piece of paper, um, there's a family, there's loved ones still grieving, probably still not quite believing that there's that empty chair at the table, you know? And, and so, we then have to turn our attention to, well, okay, who are the people tasked with preventing this from happening? happening? And that's when the problems start. Because if they're anything like as inefficient as the police force, then I just wonder how awful the British intelligence services are. And uh, as I say, unfortunately, it's very hard to get a, a, a metric in that because um, it's all so secretive. And we don't ever really know what goes on in this, in the deep uh, sort of undergrowth of, uh, of sort of national security. Anyway, folks, thanks for listening.